Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. everyone this is Michael it is Monday it already feels about like Wednesday to me from work but it's Monday the 21st of September we're now into our uh, fourth week of doing uh, snackable HR learning moments as we build our way towards episode 1500 which we will be running live on uh, October 1st more, more to come on that later this week I think our guest today is Joe Weech Joe is the head of people and talent at Exemplary Consultants, and she's going to share a snackable HR moment with us in just a second. But Joe enjoys assisting companies excel in recruiting and retention, infusing enthusiasm into strategy and execution. Speaking engagements that she has done include HR recruiting conferences and career transition groups. Joe has a passion to see the eradication of as many hiring biases as possible during the rest of her career. And with that, Joe, first of all, welcome to Drive Through. And I'm going to turn it over to you to let you talk about the, the about your topic. Have a great run. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. Go ahead. Oops. Oh, Joe, hold on one okay. second. Hold on one second. Okay, Joe, sorry, we had a little glitch there. Go, sorry, go ahead. You'll you'll be good. Okay. So again, congratulations to Robin and Michael for hitting such a major milestone. We really appreciate both of you so much. Yeah, so I really am, I'm really excited to have a chance to talk about something that would take me probably a book to write down my thoughts on. So I'm going to be covering bias and hiring, but it's not going to be about biological bias because honestly, there are so many more voices that I would rather hear from on those topics. And so instead, I would like to talk a little bit about the way that people are reviewing resumes and having their hiring process from the standpoint of the hiring managers and the companies that they work in. So let's start with uh, my favorite one, which is job hopping. When people look at resumes and there are uh, short stints, at different particular locations, they always think that you can't hold a job. They think that you can't um, that you can't cultivate any loyalty. That you are leaving for wrong reasons, and they form a lot of opinions about you. But here's where it gets really almost ironic, and that's that in federal contracting, people who work in IT for federal contracts they have their positions eliminated, the contracts end, sometimes the, uh, the company that they're with didn't get renewed, but somebody else was handed that particular contract. And so their tenure in their companies is 100% tied to the work that's being done for the federal government. So when that's finished, they have to move on because their positions get eliminated. 
So that would not constitute job hopping. That's just simply the nature of the way things work. And I cannot count how many hiring managers that I've had to speak to who do federal contracting and they're like, oh, this person hasn't stayed in any one place for any given time. And I'm like, for real? <laughs> it, was just, mm. it, it just was mind boggling to me. I was totally baffled by that. The other thing um, that came up recently, I think within the last few weeks, uh, there was a lot of buzz about gaps on the resume where recruiters and hiring managers were pretty adamant that job seekers needed to articulate exactly what they were doing while they were gone. And I want to just say, hello, why is it any of your business? I don't believe that unless somebody was incarcerated during that time, and then in which case if they actually, you know, paid their debt to society and, for example, if they robbed a bank, you wouldn't want to hire them as a bank teller, right? But other than something like that, why does it matter why people had to take a gap? They could have become ill. They could have had to have cared for a sick child, an, an elderly parent. Maybe they lost somebody and they were the executor of the state and they had to deal with all of that. Uh, there are so many reasons why people have to take time off from work. I think that at the end of the day, it shouldn't matter why. I don't really believe that that's an indicator of whether or not they're going to be successful in your company. I believe that a lot of these mores and ideas that people have are ancient. They have just been from decades ago. I think it's 2020, and I think it's time that we start humanizing people and looking at what are the skills that they have can they do the job that we want them to do? And do we believe they can be successful in this role? So then uh, the next thing that I would like to cover on this particular topic about biases has to do with progressive leadership experience. If you have to do any kind of Job description for HR, that's almost like, for whatever reason, that's the go-to. Everybody puts that on their HR uh, roles, and it just baffles me as well. For example, if somebody was able to reach level 1,000 in a video game, and they got there in three weeks, why? Because they really love gaming. They're an experienced gamer. They've learned how to do all the hacks you know, to be able to get there. They may have purchased, you know, the, the hack book to be able to enable them to purchase things or, you know, strategically place things so that they could get to level 1,000 much more quickly. And then there's Karen who has to walk on every single bridge and step on every stone and do all of the things that, um, that are in there. And she gets to level 1,000 in three months. Well, guess what? She is going to get the role or she is going to get the promotion because she, quote, unquote, has that progressive leadership experience. And then she goes on to hire more people or promote more people whose careers mirror hers. So then what happens to Jake? He could probably run circles around her because he stays up to the minute. He's very 20-20. He knows what's going on. He keeps a pulse 
with what is trending, not what's trendy, but what is trending uh, in the workforce. And so he's never going to get that chance. So my point in progressive leadership experiences, I think we need to totally get rid of that phrase altogether because it doesn't matter. Why? Because let's say that uh, Bonita had to jump into the deep end of the pool where she had to do all of the HR functions and she had to build it from the ground floor up. So she spent nights and weekends studying different things, taking all of the SHRM courses, and really getting a feel for what needed to happen to create excellence in every single department of HR. And she did that over a three-year period of time. Well, maybe, maybe, you know, Byron over here had uh, started at a, as an HR coordinator, then became an HR manager, you know, our, our generalist and a manager, then a director, and then a whatever. And maybe it took him several years to, um, to be able to work in all of those different departments or to be able to do the same thing. So what I'm saying here is that just because someone has a hockey stick career and they were able to excel really quickly because that was their passion, it wasn't just their job, it was their profession, why are we penalizing them? When people ask you how many years have you had doing X, Y, Z, it shouldn't matter how many years you've spent doing something because you could have really been bad at your job. And so just because you have 10 years of doing a bad job, that doesn't mean that you should have the ability to uh, win a role over somebody who's auditioning who only has five years because it doesn't matter the length of time you've been doing something. What matters is what did you do and what was the quality of the work that you performed? So at the end of the day, I would like for us as HR professionals to start changing up how we look at people in terms of hiring. I would like for us to cast wider nets, you know, for obviously for diversity, but it's not just diversity biologically. It's diversity in the types of candidates we are just ruling out. At some point, we need to figure out how can we swipe right on more candidates and give people a chance instead of trying to use formulaic processes and evaluation tools that have been in place since some things really, they go back to the 1950s when I look at a few different uh, processes that I have had to be involved in. And I believe that we can really serve the 20.5 million Americans who filed for unemployment in April alone, we can maybe help them to reconnect, repurpose themselves, and just give people a chance. So while we're on this topic, and the next thing that I wanted to cover, uh, and I know this is going to probably the, be the most controversial thing that I have to say, so my disclaimer at the beginning is <laughs> that I am absolutely for higher education, but I totally disagree with the fact that somebody who has acquired a degree will make a better candidate than someone who doesn't have a degree. Many people don't get degrees, and it's not their fault. It's not because they were lazy or they weren't intelligent enough. You know, it usually came down to privilege and money. 
Some families just don't have the ability for someone to go into debt to be able to get an education. So if somebody had to learn on the job and they learned how to do the job and they learned how to do it well, why are we requiring that they have a degree? I once went for a VP of HR role and it came down to offer stage and the CFO wanted to um, have the details about graduating and the staffing agency that had submitted me was in shock that I actually hadn't finished my degree, but it was in process. And they couldn't offer me the role because that was a requirement that they wanted to have. And here's the thing. I said, okay, so 20 years ago I had got would that have mattered? You know, if I got a degree in geology, would that have mattered? And she said yes. And I said, no, we have a problem. It shouldn't have mattered if I had a geology degree when I'm going for a VP of HR role because I have the experience to do the job. So I think that we need to, again, stop looking at all of these artificial barriers to entry and start thinking about what ways can we serve greater populations, marginalized populations, and people who just need to be given a chance. So you know how we have that phrase from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., to keep hope alive? Well, I think it's time to revive it or give hope life. And as HR professionals, we have that within our bandwidth to do. So, again, I know that a lot of the things that I've said just now are pretty controversial, but if you would like to discuss it further, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I believe I'm the only Joe Weech on there. That's <laughs> Joe, J-O, Weech, W-E-E-C-H. Joe, that was great. Thanks for, uh, thanks for sharing your, your snackable HR moment with us today. Um, I'm going to go ahead and end the show. The link will post in a few minutes, and I'll send it your way. Thanks really a lot for joining us on this uh, in this month of snackable HR learning moments. Have a great day. Oh, you too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.